Shalom, shalom. Welcome shalom. to the upper room. Shalom. Welcome back. Um, I think it's a it's a new one. It's a it's a Shabbat Shalom. Wow. Yeah. So um, that's the first shalom. for the upper room. So um, yeah, as we go into the Sabbath, what better way than to uh, talk about our our Yeshua and His ways? So um, if you are new around here, obviously um, head on over to the uh, full YouTube channel. That's where you'll find the teachings. Um, also, we recommend that you uh, check out the first part of uh, this episode because we're on the second part of the Courtship to Covenant. Hallelujah. Um, so, yeah, go check that out. That's where the fellas, we had the Midrash based on um, a walk through the pitfalls, the hopes, the uh, the trappings of, um, yeah, courtship um, or dating, uh, marriage and all of the tropes. So, obviously, with the first part, uh, we had the the male perspective so with the second uh, part we've got the shebrews in the house so shalom Ooh. bex welcome hey, hi welcome back for me we've got uh, our lovely beverly welcome yeah good to have you and uh our lovely Ange. thank you welcome pleasure to be here so um as ever we'll start off with the scripture and uh we'll, we'll go from there so uh matthew 19 4 to 5 um have you not read that he who made them at the beginning uh, made them male and female and said for this reason, uh, a man shall leave his father and mother and uh, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Um, so uh, I presume we all saw the uh, the first part. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. Brilliant. They so did a great job. The guys did a really good job. Good effort. And we were saying they didn't really leave us much to talk about. <laughs> No, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll we'll be diving deep. Uh, so, um, Ollie touched on his uh, his three pillars. Um, so that was basically the anchor to the conversation, and uh, I thought it was great what he brought to the table. Uh, essentially, uh, keeping it really simple, and uh, basically, if we stick to those three pillars, uh, Yah should lead you in the right way. So, um, the, the, the three pillars basically we we had were choosing a believer as a, a potential partner. Um, We've got the no sex before marriage and uh, establishing and sharing a vision for married life and uh, ministry. Now, what I'd like to do, um, because I think the choosing the believer element is going to be uh, a deeper part of the conversation as we go go further into it. Um, it would be great to get into the other two facets. So the no sex before marriage and establishing and sharing a vision for married life and ministry uh, and, and again, that was a, a very big theme within the conversation was the, the vision, expectation, uh, how we see some really core principles to, to courtship and marriage. So, um, yeah, we'll just open it up and, and go from there. So, Bex, if you'd be so kind, um, take it away. Yeah, well, obviously, we're starting, you know, let's get the cruise run out the way first. The word sex before marriage and all that. But it's, it is a very, very big one. And like anything in the world... Um, it's turned on its head, isn't it? Nobody does that in the world, like nobody does. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that a lot of people can't get their heads around. And yeah, I think it's just robbing yourself of so much blessing. I think the purpose of marriage is to have godly offspring. That says it says that in the scripture. That's a massive thing for God. Obviously, there's other sides to it too. And I think waiting is just, it's just a no-brainer, really. It's like, you've got no choice you just got to do it. I mean, God said it, so there's only going to be a blessing from it, really. But yeah. Amen. Um, 
And uh, how did you feel about the element of yeah establishing a vision and, and yeah yeah you need a vision you need to know what your ministry is going to be together you're going to know you need to know what you're going to do for God it's not about you anymore it's not about oh I want this in my life I want to go and travel the world it's about well how can you serve God together and how can you bring your ministry and it's about um, children as well it's not just about us it's about the next generation I, I've passionately believe that the godly offspring are to bring forth the generations all throughout the bible it was about the next generation um and how different sons fell away and the kings and the judges and i feel like we have a responsibility now for the next generation and we have to get ourselves right so it doesn't carry on into the next generation we need to be uplifting them in so much prayer i mean from the womb from from when they're young um part of our ministry with the women with the shebus we actually have a parents who pray group we have that once a month and we just meet up on zoom because people are scattered around and we just pray for all the children and we pray that god blesses them and that he completely guides them in their ministry so yeah i think it's about having yeah just a plan 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 in place you need unity in the home to then you know you look at depression anxiety um, it's just rife now, especially it's getting younger and younger. Um, Angie, you will know she works with children and a lot of it can come from the home, from the family setting. And if you and your partner aren't aligned, that can bring lots of, you know, trauma. And it's a big one, really. So, yeah, deep one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're wading right into the to the deep waters. Brilliant. Um, ladies? Well... If we can just go back to like the sex before marriage thing, I mean, it is a big issue. And especially in today's times, people, like Becca said, they really just don't get it. And, um, you know, there's lots of conversations about it and people can can get all upset about it. And, you know, and for me, I just think it's something that if you can't, you know, um, sort of contain yourself and, and control yourself in in those circumstances then how are you going to stay on this walk because it's all about discipline yeah mm. um, in every way you know so um you know i always say that to people i'm like you know if you if you can't do this you're never going to stick with this walk because yeah, you know um this is this is a, a small thing compared to other stuff that you're gonna gonna come up against um so yeah that's that's what i have to add on to that what about you bev well, I think um, absence from sex before marriage helps you to focus on, um, for a woman, helps you to focus on the man truly in front of you, in front of you um, helps you to be disciplined in all your spiritual walk, so it's, it's good training. Um, but equally, you know, sex before marriage can distract a person from both sides. Um, and so really they're, they're not seeing the, the person who are they truly are in front of them because um, sex can get in the way. So it can become a distraction. Um, and equally, we know that the damage of um, having sex before marriage can bring. And so if, you, if we follow the principles of God and abstain from sex and say the, the courtship decided to come to an end, you don't have that added yeah, pressure but really, I think it's all about f you're able to focus on the person in front without that distraction, and it disciplines you in, mm. in all aspects of your spiritual walk. Mm. Yeah. 
I love that because you, you've touched on discipline. I mean, we're obviously called to be disciples and how are you to be a disciple without discipline? You've got the fruit of the spirit of self-control, yeah. um, which I, I just think is such a massive anchor to, to the rest of the uh, the rest yeah. of the fruit. So um, it, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I've, I've had time to reflect since the last uh, show and um, words like abstinence almost suggest... Um, <clears throat> like you're missing out yeah but when through the the so-called abstinence you're gaining so much more so i think it's part of the mindset of changing of like oh no i need to restrict and create boundaries because i, I i've got to deny myself it's like no you're you can be actually be blessing yourself with so much by um choosing this 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 other uh this other option so um yeah i just think that's an interesting um yeah. and I, well i think um, it depends. I always seem to. I now seem to call it like it depends which spiritual glasses, which glasses you're putting on today. So it's how you want to see it. So as Darren, you said, it's you know we see it as a we can see it as a negative, but actually if we we we're supposed to see it as a positive. God is is freeing us. It gives freedom um, to wait um, for something that God holds up as something sacred, marriage is sacred, and it's something we, we're supposed to place a value on the marriage. Mm. And so when we wait um, for marriage to have sex and come together as one flesh, you're placing much more value on that physical act. So that's a beautiful thing. So it's not something that God wants to take away from us. He wants to add yeah. to, to us in all aspects and I think I, I heard someone say once um if you know you don't wait it's like how can God bless that relationship it's like how can he be in something that's already tainted you know you've already had the benefits of it without even putting him first you know you're not doing the covenant first and I know and then you can come into it like well people just get married so they can have sex and it's like well that isn't going to end well either because that isn't the whole aim of marriage it's like it's a very foolish thing to think mm. that this is the like the only part of marriage. It's so much more than that. It's you know deep. It's serving. It's sacrifice. And I think that's one thing that people do forget how much of a sacrifice it really is. You know, you you don't have to. You can't just put yourself first anymore. You have to think of that person. So you can't. You know, there'll be times when you have to go and serve them rather than pray. And it's you know it is. It can be a distraction as well. So yeah, it's it's a big decision. Definitely. Yeah. And um, I love how the, um, the the no sex before marriage and the vision like is intertwined because if you if you truly have a kingdom vision, you truly have the the, the values uh, biblically. Um, that's going to be your your goal. Of course, there are going to be temptations. There's going to be fleshly um, obstacles, but essentially, if you're sharing that vision, you've established what it is that you're doing in your ministry and in your marriage. That's going to be your focus, and that's going to be uh, the best safeguard for. Um, for that and it's it's actually amazing to think that such an obvious thing is like has to be said I know. and um with that caveat i would just say like these these um these pitfalls like some of us are speaking from experience about yeah. why you shouldn't be doing these uh -huh. things so it's not a um holier than thou it's is it's experience it's wisdom um that we're that we're sharing enabling uh, others not to not to make the same mistakes, mistakes I think that's fair, definitely. fair to say. Yeah. Um, perfect. Okay, brilliant. Um, 
let's uh, let's let's go into the um, the first steps. So the first steps. Um, I think I spoke last time uh, on the the sort of Hollywood vision of the one, the butterflies, um, being emotionally led, um, all the kind of things that we did you know, BC, as it were, um, that we would do, like, to, to, <laughs> to find a, a partner yeah. um, with different motivations, obviously. Um, how, how, how does that change? What, what do we do within a, a biblical uh, framework that um, enables us to, to look for a potential uh, husband? Um, one thing that I wanted to get in with, with you ladies, is there, um, is there a readiness or a, a, a maturity... Um, within the woman uh, certain characteristics um that, that that could be evident within the lady in order to say i think she's ready to be a, a wife and a mother etc yeah. well sorry can i just say i don't think anything prepares you yeah no, being a wife or a mom you know really yeah 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 i was doing some research and although all the characteristics on both men's and women's side biblical quotes i was looking at all the biblical quotes everything is like well nothing can really prepare you there's no perfect time so it's like you can wait for the perfect time but you know there isn't ever going to be that perfect time however there are some criteria and the scripture that we read to start it was um leaving your mother and your father's house and it sounds simple it's like well what does that mean but in biblical times that was um how they were provided for you know women didn't really have jobs i know we live in a different world now but it's about spiritually leaving um, your your family behind, or even if you're on the walk, hopefully this next generation is going to have biblical fathers and stuff. They are your covering, and leaving them is a very, very big thing because they're the ones that provide for you, give you advice, and you have to be ready to then go and give that to your husband. And it's a very big thing because they could have different opinions on doctrine, on life, or they just may do d life differently. So think that's obviously a big one ready to leave or you might even be just physically you know if you live in a different country and you've met someone in a different country you need to be maybe ready to potentially leave that country you know I left the Isle of Man it was <laughs> a very big thing <laughs> but um also yeah it's um not being the boss anymore as well you know we live in a society where women um we can just do what we want when we want say what we want do and you know, you can you still have some form of that because, you know, men will hopefully meet you where you are and it'll be a mutual relationship. They won't just be, like, telling you what to do all the time. But there is going to be some, me like, measure of sacrifice as well. And it's about, you know, being ready to just letting someone else have the final say. It's, you know, it's a big thing, really. Brilliant. Ladies? Yeah, I think um, there's practicalities as well. It's like if you decide you as a man you want to marry a woman you've got to be able to provide you know so if you're saying i'm i'm going to marry this woman but you haven't got a job you've got nowhere to live you know that there is that practical side of things as well that um you know need to be considered um and the same goes like becca says for a woman um it might be that you know she's still living at home and um or living in another place and and you've got to think of the, about the practicalities of 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 taking that step together well, I always think um, when we're looking for a, a, um, a potential husband or a husband's looking for a potential wife, it's actually seeing it from God's point of view. Um, it's 
we're looking for that we can apply well first of all we can apply intellect we can look for a husband who's a good provider this looks um, handsome is going to be a maker my children are going to be nice looking that can we can apply all <laughs> the physical things to it mm. but the bottom line when we're when we are believers for me it's how God sees it all the time um, so I think it's while we're we're putting God in the picture and we're asking God um, to find it's God wants to sorry I'm, I'm bumbling in no 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 um, it's all good yeah, I think um, sometimes as well, you know, um, just because you're both believers, mm. you meet someone, it's like, oh, I've met this guy, you know, he's a believer, I'm a believer, this is it, it's meant to be, <laughs> you know, we're going to get married, we're going to have kids, we're going to, you know, live in a great house, and that's all within the first, like, five minutes of, of clicking with someone, and, you know, just because you're both on the same walk just because you're both believers just because you both fancy each other it doesn't mean that 12 months down the line um you know you're going to be suitable and you're going to want to marry each other so i think there is a temptation on the walk for young people to just assume as soon as they meet someone that they fancy that you know they're, they're going to be husband or wife material and there's a bit more to it than that yes sorry going back i think the characteristics of a woman and i think it applies to men is the proverbs 31 woman yeah i think when first of all we're putting god in the picture god wants us to come to him with everything and we have to ask the question we would like to be married um we want god to provide that future husband for us and so when we we're asking god to um, basically we're putting everything in God's hands I always say that um, well sorry in in the fellowship you can get where people say um, I hear this quite a lot there's there's not enough people um, our choices are limited right. and I just don't accept that because I've known experience of people have traveled to the far end of the world and their future husband and wife has been there because God has sent them too so I believe that the um, even though we can see with our physical eye the eyes that there's a small choice to be made, when we put when we put that big the biggest decision second to, to following Jesus Christ in God's hand, mm. then it doesn't matter how many people are in the fellowship. He will bring the right people together. But Amen. first of all, before what before we're looking for the 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 characteristics in a man as a woman what are the characteristics that we need to be yeah and so we've got a really good example of proverbs 31 and this does apply to men but so first of all we need to take our eyes off what we're hoping that god will bring and put our eyes back onto ourselves so that we can be that woman that's equally so if t- if a man and a woman are both doing the same things and applying proverbs 31 over their own lives then you're going to be in a good position for when you meet that person. So what have we got? Proverbs 31 woman. So she's compassionate. The excellent wife cares for her own family. So before, obviously, she gets married, she's she's going to care for her physical family. She she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's helpful. She's faithful. She's wise and kind. And she's godly and praiseworthy. These are the examples of the characteristics that we should be having. So we're actually getting ready to be that marriage material. Mm. Love that. 
And I think in terms of like compatibility, I would always recommend that people are either matched, if not the man surpasses you in spiritual maturity. But, you know, the men all throughout scripture are the spiritual leaders. I mean, it says Adam um, Adam was told not to eat from the tree, not Eve. And then he had to then feed that back to Eve. And then again, once they were um, like told off by God, it was Adam that got told off. And then he had the, the cheek to say, <laughs> you know, it was that woman that you sent me. But that for me shows that the men are to be the spiritual leaders. And if you are um, constantly trying to like teach a man and then pray for a man to like get where you are spiritually I think it can be quite draining sometimes so I think it's always good to have someone that's at least on the same page as you and where you are so you can grow together um if not then be a little bit more ahead of you spiritually so they can lead you up and and they can train you I I completely agree and I'll speak from first-hand experience with regards to maturity um I was in a courtship phase uh with a very dear sister um and yeah that imbalance of maturity um what it sort of created was um uh, for me personally I was trying to aspire to be something in the Lord that I, w I wasn't or mm -hmm. trying to be I was just trying to be something I wasn't at that point in my walk and uh, it put a lot of pressure on myself um and uh, I was just yeah I, I wasn't ready for for that uh that caliber uh, of spiritual maturity as it were and, and that's and that's fine yeah and I think there's there's maturity in realizing that that process as well. So um, praise praise Yah for that. Yeah. And um, that doesn't mean that like you have to be knowing all things to be ready to get married. Because like Bev said, you know, it's if you've come from a good home and you are serving the poor and you know you're doing all the proverbs thirty one things. It's like you know God may see deem you as is ready. To even though you know you're not spiritually mature in the Word and in yeah. the Torah. So, but it's just about finding someone that is where you are or maybe a little bit ahead of you um i just want to say as well with regards to that um the, the proverbs 31 women and i'm sure we can find um a lot of male uh, equivalents in the scriptures as well um it, it, at no point are we saying like you need to be exhibiting all of the facets of the proverbs yeah, 31 yeah. woman to like tick the box because yeah. when we're, we're not going to do it i mean if, if she's about let me know but um <laughs> No, but, uh, and it's the same for the guys. It's like, we're, we're not obviously going to be, we're on our, our process of sanctification. So it's like, if there are characteristics, if there's a, a vision for uh, an aspiration for to fill those those shoes, I think that's a, a really important thing to, uh, to to put out there. Yeah, um, if anyone's praying, how do I get ready? It's like, well, you've got a protocol there. Just read the scriptures, try and do it as best as you can and God will do the rest. Yeah. I also think as well, um, characteristics in a man, what a woman would look for. For me, it would be, um, first of all, his love of love for God. Mm. Um, his humility, does he study the word, would be very important for me. Mm -hmm. And um, and can you see by his fruits, is he lining himself up with the word? How does he serve the fellowship? Is, does, he, is he, does he participate in serving? So all the things um, that you can see that will bless a marriage, um, it's not, as you said, it's not looking for the perfect man because there's no such thing, because there's no such thing as a perfect woman. And as Becky said, this Proverbs 31 is like a prototype of what we're all still striving to be. But there are certain things, God says, by our fruits we are known. 
So we can see, when you're looking for a future husband, you can see by his, his fruits, he's already demonstrating his love of God. Does he, does he study the Bible? Does he study the word? Does actual life line up with the word of God? Is he, is, he, is he humble? Is he learning to be humble? Does he serve the fellowship? How is he actually with his own physical family? How does he treat his own physical parents? That's a good indication. Mm. Um, so all these things are something that I think we sh- you should really seriously consider um, um, but equally, I do think as well that when you put God in the picture, he will bring that person to you because as he's getting ready, you're getting ready, you're preparing. Um, and I think then it's just really going to, you've got a good chance of it working. <laughs> yeah. Take notes, okay. ladies. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's all great, but in the real yeah. world, yeah. Um, you know, we don't start off going, right, okay, I'm looking for, oh, he's got, yes, he's really godly, and oh, I like well, I like the way he reads his Bible, and we, it's it's mostly a physical thing, isn't it? You see someone and you think, oh, he's got a nice face, he's got a nice smile, um, and, you know, I think God's given us those feelings, that's okay, yeah. it's okay, That that's how it starts, is a, an attraction sometimes, um, but, you know, as well it could just be a friendship you get to know somebody first and then you suddenly start to think oh yeah you know this guy I feel a bit more towards this person so it's it's good to talk about being ready but I think you know um with with all the best will in the world you know you just it's just going to come out the blue and you know then you're going to have to start asking yourself those questions and and you know let the relationship develop and see you know ask those questions of each other I mean the questions that Jackie brought in the first podcast, you know, he had a list of questions. Mm. Well, well, they're really good. <laughs> you know, things like that is like, you know, talking to the person and finding out if you're on the same page. Yeah. Because that's so important as well that you're both um, on the same page. Because if you're not, if you've got difference of, of opinion and doctrine or what yeah. you should and shouldn't be doing, then it's only going to cause conflict. It's going to increase as you get to know each other more. Because when you first meet someone, you just want to be the person that they want you to be. Like you said, Darren, you were trying to be somebody that this woman wanted you to be rather than just being yourself and and thinking, well, just love me the way I am, you know. So um, be honest, to be honest as well uh, about who you are, what you're doing, where you're at in your walk. You know, that's really important too. Definitely. And spending time with a person so that you're not just living in fantasy land like, oh, I fancy this person. They're going to be great for me. They obviously read the word. They turn up to Shabbat or they go to church. Like spending time with them so you cross out of that fantasy land and you get into a bit of reality. And it's like, okay, I'm not the person that they need. They're not the person that I need. And yet we can still be friends after it. They're still a brother and sister, you know, no harm's done, no trespasses being committed. It's just a case of, you know, spending time. Ask them questions, you know, you don't have to sit there with your big piece of paper out like a detective, but it's slipping them into conversations. It's like asking them about how their family is or their childhood, you know. It's I think a back of ours to do it all again, I'd be like <laughs> I, I, I'd be like Inspector Gadget. <laughs> honestly. Be like, did you have childhood trauma? <laughs> no, yeah. but like, you know, in in a obviously we're born again and know that 
but you know it's just finding out like subtle things that kind of do shape a person see where they are spiritually and yeah um but not being too too much you know um i think it's great what you brought there in terms of so if we're looking at characteristics we're looking at from a biblical perspective um so it could be spiritual habits it could be even maturity uh where the person is on their walk um i think it's like we said it's fair to say that there is an element of um attraction there's going to be um a, a fit physically um that's just how we're, we're designed we have preferences we have tastes uh, god gives us those preferences and tastes for a reason um but as you said, Bev, if we're keeping it biblical, we're keeping our, our vision uh, for the kingdom, we're keeping our ministry and our, our focus on Yeshua, uh, his characteristics become uh, more evident and that's what come, that's, that's where the true appeal comes and that's what will keep us, um, uh, keep us safe in that, in that process, I, I think would be fair to say. Um, brilliant. Okay, so we mentioned there about, uh, we touched on, know how we um, start to sort of engage and, and share the vision and uh, it can be quite a delicate situation because it's like you know the playground situation of like oh I really fancy you and uh, do you want to do you know what I mean it's but we're putting it on a very um, it's a very serious uh, situation I think there's two two components to this which I, I think is the fear of the Lord so the fear of the Lord being I, I, I want to meet and be yoked with the person that God has in store for me and second of all i have a fear of being with the wrong person for the rest of my life once i make that commitment i think that's that's fair to say so i, I think we all go through that um that, that's always in the, the the forefront of our mind is am i making a mistake basically and we want to safeguard how we uh, venture into that but once we do venture into that um we spoke about protocols about like approaching and and, and how do you approach and what do you say uh, Jackie touched on uh, the book of Ruth and I actually reread that during the week and there's there's so much protocol in there uh, <laughs> and it was it was uh, an eye opener uh, how, how do you feel he said he said about you know how Ruth went to to Boaz's feet she she didn't necessarily instigate it but she was definitely coming forward in in what she was doing H how do you see the approach situation and um, as women what do you think is a respectful way and, and how do you see that well, can I, yeah, um, you know, we're, we're in 2022 yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and I will have conversations with young women and I'll say, look, you know, you've got, you know, your own home, you've got your own job, you, you know, you're your own woman, um, you're not at home with your dad waiting for him to find your husband. So, you know, um, I advise if you've got feelings for someone and you don't know how they feel about you is First of all, try and spend some time with them, like Becca said. So, you know, we have lots of, fellow, uh, of socials within the fellowship. But, you know, if it's not enough, then make something happen yourself. Organise something where you are. Say, I'm getting, I'm having a meal, I'm having a get-together. You know, invite a few people around. So you're starting to get to know this person a little bit more instead of just looking at them thinking, oh, yeah, you know, he's the one for me. And then as time goes on, um, if nothing's happening then, you know, you just have to step out on faith and say to that person, I'd like to get to know you a bit more. Now, if the guy doesn't want to do that, he's just going to say, oh, I, I just want to be your friend. 
and there's nothing lost yeah. you know um there's no harm done um there's nothing wrong in feeling those feelings it's not demonic it's not from the devil it's god gives us all these things yeah. everything happens for a reason and it's it's great to to fancy someone and have that little yeah. bit of a flutter when you see yeah. them and you know what's going to happen and you know so there's nothing wrong with it at all um and i don't see any harm in a woman um actually uh, approaching a guy and saying I, I i would like to get to know you a bit more um spend some time with you well how do you feel about that uh, but you have to be prepared for them to say no. Yeah. You know, we've had <laughs> situations where, you know, I think people are like the school ground thing where it's like, can you can you go and tell him or can you say to her? And it's <laughs> like, it just ends in disaster, you know. Um, it's like if you send your friend or you go and say, do you like anyone in the fellowship? And I, I would say, well, what if they turn around and go, yeah, like you? So all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you, you've got to go back to your your buddy and go, oh, no, you know, no. And also, um, I'm not a, I'm not a great lover of matchmaking. Right. Okay. I, um, yeah. You know, it's not it's not my thing. I get very frustrated, especially when people are um, you know are, are asking other people, do you, don't you, who do you like, who don't you like, you know. I, I if I hear it, I step in. Because I think, you know, God's got his own plans. And, you know, if somebody says to you, can you go and speak to this person? Um, well, first of all, I would say, no, you go and do it. Yeah. But, you know, if you really feel that you can't, then pick someone you trust, an elder from the fellowship, not your best mate, to go and have a conversation and then, you know, relay the information and hope that, you know, people just move on from that. And, you know, there's nothing embarrassing about having some... It's quite. It's a compliment if somebody says... You know, I, I like you, and I'd like to get to know you more. So there shouldn't be be any any bad feelings or awkwardness. J just on that, could, could what do you think the difference between um, matchmaking and counsel is? Do you think there's a there's a yeah, difference? Yeah, there is because I think if somebody comes and says, you know, when we've had it within the fellowship, I am looking for a wife without anybody in particular in mind, and a, a woman says, I am looking for a husband, then you know, and like I say, it's happened and it's worked. The the two lots of people have said to each other, oh, I know someone, and that's that's a good matchmaking. Counsel is is just going to people that you know you can trust, asking their advice. Um, you know, I've got um, Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in a multitude of counsellors, they are established. Amen. So I always say, you know, go and speak to people. You know, mm -hmm. seek counsel in all things as much as you can. Yeah. Um, but you know, in confidence rather than you know asking people to to do anything for you. Um, that, that's that's what I would say is the difference. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Andrew said it all really. Brilliant. So, yeah, yeah no, by all means. Well, I think at the end of the day, in a fellowship, um, and we are talking about now, uh, both people being believers. I mean, you go out in a in a group setting, and you do activities. And as Andrew said, we're living in twenty twenty two, so you know, as God has given us these feelings, you get a feeling, you you start talking to each other, you go in and uh, you go bowling or whatever in a group setting, you kind of get a feeling if, if a man likes you, um, you should do. <laughs> and um, you get you get that feeling back. And then from there, it can develop. You can go out for coffee and cake. Um, you just said you fancy going for a coffee and you take it from there. And it, but as Andrew said, it should always be a safe environment. And the fellowship, 
and without all the the things that are involved in a worldly starting a relationship we don't have that so it's it's much more safer it's 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 much more freedom um and but you do you'll have a feeling and 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 the man will give you a bit of a encouragement and as Angie said it's it's still good to have that little bit of a flutter you've got to have that bit of excitement mm. um and i just think you'll just know and then from then, from there, you can both, obviously, if it's the de- relationship starts to develop, you both together can um, sit down and do the talk of where your vision is, what do you see, ask the, ask, start asking the questions. Um, you can even pray and fast together. Fasting, for me, is a, um, a, a, a big mm. uh, plus point. Taking it to God. And both of you doing it at the same time. So involving God in every step of the way. Um, and I just think that's that's how I would approach it. I think as well, I've heard it said people go, oh, you can't be on your own with a guy. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, how are you supposed to get to know each other yeah. if you're just constantly yeah. with other people? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, you go and sit off in his bedroom every night, but, you know, you do need to spend time on your own with a person, as Becca said at the start, to really get to know, um, you know, to find out about their faults. And it's it's a lot about what you don't want as much as what you do, yeah. you know. So, y- and you'll find that out in time because you can't continue to be, you know, um, Mister Mr. Right twenty four seven. You know, no. that you'll, yeah. there'll be times when that comes down, and you you've got to know about people's faults. You've got to find out too, and building on that friendship because, honestly, you know, um, that first flush of love when you meet someone and the, you know it's all dreamy. It's all gravy. You know, after like. Uh, two years ten of marriage, minutes. you know, <laughs> Becca, 10 minutes. Um, you know, all of that just, just falls away. And so your friendship is so is so important. Yeah, And it's about looking out for the red flags as well. And this can not just be male, it can be female as well. And like Bev said, praying and fasting. And, you know, if it is going to that next step, taking a step back and then don't just think, oh, yeah, because we both like each other, we have to, like, get married in uh, in the next summer or whatever it's about praying and fasting and then if they're not willing to do that or they're not willing to wait whether it's male or female that's a red flag you know because if they're not willing to wait or take it to god or do it the spiritual way and they just want to rush it it's like well you know we can't do these things in our own strength we have to be completely spirit-led and you know there'll be other red flags as well if it's anything that's maybe taking you away from fellowship you know i don't believe that a relationship should be done without accountability it's the biggest decision of your life and you know marriage is when you need counsel you know nobody goes into marriage knowing it all it's a complex um up and down and you know there's going to be good times there's going to be hard times especially when children come in so and you know you need the support from as many people as possible it says it takes um, a village to raise a child and I know that like Angie's Jonah's grandma and she's working and I'm like oh no she's not answering the phone and like you do need people around so cutting people off you know you need people like my parents live in the Isle of Man and that going to be moving over soon and I'm like might time my next baby for when they move you know because you do need all the support and if anything is bringing you away from that fellowship or your walk with God and, and genuine support it's, it's a bit of a red flag and obviously there'll be, there'll be others but anything that maybe takes you away from God is probably a really big one to look out for yeah, and, and Becky said something there um which we're very big on in fellowship which is accountability yeah yeah 
um you know so if everything is above board and you know you really feel something for someone and you want to pursue the relationship and you know being accountable to people letting letting people know where you go and what you're doing who you're with how things are progressing um you know men and women it's when things go underground when things go quiet if yeah. things are done in in the dark everything should be in the light let it be in the light let it be seen and let it be good you know and if it starts to to, to go in that direction as becca says you know, it's um, it's a red flag. And listen to, to people who know you as well, your family. I mean, okay, you might not have a family of believers behind you, but your mum and dad uh, are going to know more about you than anybody else, and they're going to know whether the person that, um, you know, you're, you've been seeing is right for you. Um, they're going to know if you're not yourself when you're with that person. And, you know, mm-hmm. your friends around you, people in the fellowship too, you know, um, be guided by by what they think and what they say you know amazing i i just i'm really grateful there's so much wisdom around the table and it's just really good to listen and, and take it in so it's, it's fair to say that like in terms of like what good looks like you've got the the man and the woman they're both uh they're, they're both um they're both chasing Jesus as much as they can. They're they're um, they're, they're, they're serving, um, they're serving uh, the people around them. They're um, they're displaying the fruits of the spirit. They're focused on God and their walk with God. The characteristics are then being amplified and they're growing and they're being sanctified and they come together. Those characteristics meet within a safe setting. You can then explore the possibility of of uh, uh, what the vision is, uh, expectations. Um, and then go uh, a little bit deeper with with uh, accountability, inclusion, mm. and these are generally like uh, yeah a, a good way to go about it. Um, one of the questions that actually came through from um, the last show was with regards to compatibility, and um, when we talk about vision and compatibility, um, the question was put: How Im- is it important or necessary that somebody's calling or ministry? should be similar to the person that they're sort of looking to be with is it like you know two prophets or two teachers like it, it or just not even so much those parts of the the fivefold but whether it's like f- family and and how they see uh, their future like wh- how important is that in the process and um what indications of their of being truly compatible uh, well, I think God wouldn't give gifts. They're all his gifts, aren't they? They're all created by him and everything in his kingdom works in synchronicity. It flows. So I think all of them are compatible with one another and somehow maybe they can all complement each other and somehow only through the grace of God, you know, if someone is gift is prophecy, but then other person is service, you know, you might be able to then serve them in their their gift. So I think they can be complementary. They can definitely be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah so complementary, not necessarily like exclusive. Um, but yeah. uh, ag- again, I guess it comes into the, the characteristics of, of those call-ins as well. We'll, we'll either complement or, 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 you know, maybe more clashes in terms of personality traits. Yeah. You might have a teacher who's perhaps more studious, quiet, um, likes to be on their own. You could have a prophet who's, uh, you know, very articulate, uh, bold, says what they think you know so i think those characteristics can sort of um uh, yeah play a part but they're not necessarily um exclusive um a- another element is uh we uh, ollie touched on it like really well in the last chat when he said about like the kind of signs and wonders element of like confirmation like um 
what are good confirmations that like you've met your spouse and God's on it? Do you know what I mean? Like well, it's you've got to be it's got to be biblical. It's no good as Ollie said, going, Oh yeah, you know, a car went past and the name was in the number plate and I had this dream and it's like, no, sorry, what what word did, where's the word? What does God say about it? You know, has somebody come come with with a with a word for you? Um so, you know, yeah, you need confirmations, but it's got to be biblical. God's God's voice never contradicts his word. So if somebody says to me, yeah, but, you know, God's saying to me, it's like, yeah, show me where, show me where that is. It's like, you know, um, because we can all get carried away, um, especially when it's somebody that we really want to be with and want to get to know. And you can you can try and put square pegs in round holes. You can, you can make it what this is like. This is divine. This is amazing. And it's like, hang on, just come back down to earth and just let's let's look at the facts here you know what would yeah. you say Beth? like in the word confirmations in the word well i always go back to scriptures and just says you have to have confirmation of the word um and not get carried away tossed to and fro with every word that we think that's come from god mm. um really because i think that's dangerous but equally if you do get a word we're, we're told biblically uh, to pray about it, fast about it. Yeah. You know, when Nehemiah got a, got the got the task to build the temple, mm. it took four months to pray and fast about it before he yeah. started it. So, and as uh, Rebecca said, um, you know, when you meet a future potential husband, if you both, if the other person doesn't want to f- to fast about it, that's 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 mm. a red flag. Because mm. to me, then why wouldn't you want to fast? Because as we know scripturally. Uh, we're commanded to fast on the Day of Atonement, but we are told when we fast in other parts. So God does require us to fast. Amen. Um, and equally, the just going back to um, sex before marriage being, you know, um, in times of fasting, we equally have to do this in a marriage. So you would do this in a marriage. You know, you would abstain from sex. So yep. it's something that you've already practised. You're already disciplined in. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's massively overlooked. Is yeah. the discipline of fasting from uh, physical contact when you're married? Yeah. So it could be pregnancy, it could be illness, there could be any any uh, multitude of reasons. And um, it, again, if a man serving his wife and serving her needs, wh- what is it for a man to then, uh, you know, oh, I, I need this or I want that when it's either not appropriate, not right, or you're just not reading this the, the situation at all so I, like you say it's, it's uh, we could go on a deep tangent on the fasting <laughs> yeah. right trust me but in that context is massive like are you um are you like physically fasting uh, have you got discipline so that when uh, the rubber hits the road in marriage like that you're able to be like look whatever whatever we need to do as a couple like i'm, I'm ready to do it together yeah. uh, that's a ma- that's it that's a, a massive thing to part. fall back on fasting like if in doubt do without and that's goes for the case of food you know if there's anything going on it's just right let's just have a fast reset it and god is always going to intervene when you fast we talk we talk about courting before marriage but actually the real work courting starts after marriage Court, mm. courting has to, has to continue <laughs> that's so, yeah so i mean i think about like when you're decorating a room if you've got a water stain on your ceiling if you go straight to paint that ceiling in six months time that stain's going to come through Wow. So for me, before marriage mm. should be all about preparation. So you are, in a sense, not obviously you've got all the, the human aspect of your heart's fluttering and everything, 
And then you approach it biblically, you tick all the boxes, try and tick as many as you can. But marriage, once you're married, that's when courting really starts. Mm. And the hard because, work. Yeah, because you do move from the first flush of love, but the love should develop. And if two believers are walking with God, that love should get stronger and stronger because both of them, we talk about sharing a vision. What is the vision for married life? That vision should be to serve because yes. the Bible is all about Jesus came to serve. Mm. So that vision should be number one priority, serve. You serve God first, you serve each other, you serve your children, you serve your fellowship, you serve your, your man, the man outside. Amen. And I think, you know, um, just sort of going back to courtship as well, is that a lot of people think that marriage is going to solve all their problems. It's like mm. all I need to do is find a good wife and, you know, and, and, and then everything's going to be okay. And really, you know, if you've got issues before you're married, they're still going to be there once you get married. So you've got to try and deal with all that before um, you know, which is part of the preparation. We, we didn't really talk about that, but, you know, if people do have issues, men have issues with, you know, pornography or, you know, the way they've had relationships in the past in the world. Um, you know, women are the same. We, you know, we, we may have been hurt in the past and have got, you know, hang-ups and things that they need to deal with before they can fully, you know, give their heart to, it, to a bloke, you know. So, and all those things take time (laughs) you know so so if you meet someone even if you meet them and you know it's like i'm in love there's nobody else for me i'm just this is the guy i want to spend the rest of my life with it's like put the brakes on let's just slow down you know you need to be thinking about i think jackie said you know a full tour cycle 12 months um i watched a a teaching that pd and his his wife did it was ages ago but it was a phrase he used that stuck with me which is a considered courtship you need to have a considered courtship and that's you know consider (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's no it's we we've seen people um being really hurt because they've been so sure it's like this is it you know and and then you sort of think oh we can't stop people if that's what they want to do you know but the other thing is is that when you do decide that you want to get married is that you know um yeah you can be married before god you, you get your vows and everything but being married um uh, what the country says what the law says is go and, and take take your vows you know p- pay for your wedding and and your guests and everything else and then it's like if it's something that's not for you in three months time then you're gonna have to spend another 10 grand to get yeah. out of it and i know that sounds mercenary but but you know we do have to do these things they're there People for would a reason. think harder about absolutely i do it yeah i think as well people just think the dream of happily ever after is the second you walk out of that that wedding or you're on your honeymoon and then nothing's ever going to go wrong again but like Bev said that is when the hard work begins and any problems that you haven't dealt with in your life with God not you in your own strength you know you've got to strive and ask God what's going on in your heart clean your temple before you are going to be at one with someone else you know they're going to be your temples are going to be combined it says you become one flesh so any problems within them temples are just going to be amplified and they're going to be battling against one another battling for attention battling to be heard battling to win the argument battling to who's going to do more battling with who's going to get up in the middle of the night with the baby and it's like you know the, the deep things so sort them out beforehand and you know just be ready with the lord is my only advice 
I'm literally like the gold uh, is just like there's so much that you've got what the fellas didn't bring to the table was the emphasis on fasting uh, I love that um again as, as disciples we should be doing that as a, as a practice anyway um but in that context I love how you brought that to the table like h- how we should be doing that with uh with potential spouses um if in doubt do without I think that's a, that's incredible um yeah um I, I'm li- I'm literally I'm ch- just trying to take it in as you as you as you're <laughs> like delivering this is it's incredible. Um, so uh, where are we going to go from here? Um, I, I touched on it very like uh, we didn't go too deep into it because I don't know how like pertinent it is. But um, as a man, I, I do consider what protection and um, uh, provision is like as, as a as a man, respectively. Um, I actually consider them quite weighty. So h- how do you see like stewardship uh, as women? Um, we touched on it as, uh, with, with the fellas and they were like, well, you know, provided you've got the aspiration and you've got the vision and you're working towards it. Um, but things like, you know, how does he handle his money? What are his affairs like? Uh, what's his living situation? Here we go. Do you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> that's some serious stuff because not only do you have the um, the, the spiritual readiness, so is, is this guy fulfilled in Yeshua enough that he's not uh, displaying certain uh, character traits that he needs to work through before he inflicts that on somebody else, which is well selfish. Um, and, and I speak to myself because I wouldn't want to... Uh, inflict anything that God hasn't worked out of me before um, in due time to be patient you know um, h- how important is is, is that um, spiritual preparedness but then also the provisional preparedness to say look I, I can I can count on this guy is going to be there for me emotionally spiritually uh, but physically he's going to take care of me and look after me is, is that an important thing for, for, for women would you most, say most definitely I mean, it says in scripture in Thessalonians um, talks about a man who doesn't work is an infidel. So it's a, it's about it's not a man who's maybe t- um, trying to look for a job, trying to find a job. He finds himself in a situation where he's out of work. It's an attitude. Um, it wouldn't be wrong to 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 actually put that down as a requirement. Does a man is he is a man a worker? But equally, this applies to women too. Um, you know, if a woman's a single woman and she's not working. I would personally, as a man, would ask the question, why is she not working? Why doesn't she want to work? Yeah. Because, you know, working, we know that um, it's it brings so much. It's, um, I think of the word here. But anyway, if we go back to what God says, a person who doesn't want to work, the laz- it can be a form of laziness. Mm-hmm. And so that's a red flag to me. Yeah. Um, because then how would he be able to provide for you? Equally, a woman. Because if you when you get married and you decide to have children and it works for both of you, you decide that a woman stays at home, she still works. Mm-hmm. She's working in the home. So mm-hmm. how is she going to look after the home? How is she going to look after the children? How is she going to serve in the fellowship? So um, that would be a red flag, um, you know, if, if, cho- if, the, if the chose that they didn't want to work and... I mean, we do. The, there is. There has been situations where I've seen, gr- uh, you know, in the, growing up in the church, where people have not wanted to work and they've they've taken from a fellowship. Um, but I, I just don't think that's. It's not something I. If a man doesn't want to work, it'd be a no-no for me. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I think it's about what Bev said about the state of the heart. I mean, 
if you are finding yourself in just a little bit of unemployment yeah. or you know you're starting up a business that's okay it's not like you need to be earning a six-figure salary to be the perfect husband but yeah if a man is openly not up for getting up and being disciplined with his routine and going out to earn money because it says six days you labor on the seventh day you rest mm-hmm. so god is very um passionate about us laboring until on the ground it was it was the first commandment was it go, go until the ground that's what he said to adam and we have to do it and you know it's life is expensive you know you have got bills to pay you have got um food to get on the table ultimately it always is god who um provides and it's about having your heart in the right place to go i need to work i don't want my work and my money to become an idol i need to just work to enough to provide for my family and it's god that always brings in the increase if your heart's in the right place and then it's about both being in the right place and me and bev were speaking before and it's like you know women after they have babies and you know it's okay to want to go back to work as well you know Mm -hmm. it's okay to to work even if it's part-time or you've got your own little business on the side because we do live in a world where everything is just like going up and everything is just it's just getting more and more precious as you know the days go on it just say that like in the end times a loaf of bread's going to be worth like a day's wages and stuff and telling you them petrol prices (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's 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 a big thing, and um, ultimately, it's about where your heart's at. You know. I mean, we talked about that's these are one of the questions. What you prepare for, also, um, a man may have um, an idea that when um, is when they're married, that the wife shouldn't work, should stay at the home. But some women do want to work, and some godly women want to work. We're living in the twenty twenty, you know, twenty twenty two, and so these things have to, I believe have to be discussed. Where does a man see his wife? Will he encourage her talents? Will he encourage her abilities? Mm. Um, and these are all the things that you can actually see as you're preparing before you take that step of marriage. Yeah, I don't recommend that you ask these questions on the first date. No. <laughs> <laughs> because then Definitely that's another not. thing is yeah. that, like, you know, um, we can be <coughs> too keen, we yeah. can get in there. Yeah. Right, you know, do you want. Do, do you, how many children do you want? And it's like the guys going, oh, we've just gone, we've just been the yeah, pictures, you know. Much. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah. those things, co- after you've had that considered courtship, that 12 yeah. months, and yeah. and also as well, realistically, um, if your potential partner isn't living in the road next door, um, then, you know, you might, it might be that you need to extend that time. And, you know, because if somebody lives away and you're speaking to them, it's different when you're like on FaceTime every night or you're having chats and, and talks, you know, just, just before you go to sleep or whatever. That's totally different to like, you know, just trying to fit in, seeing each other when you've both got work and you've both got other commitments and fellowship and stuff. You know, so after you've had that time, when you come to a decision where you think, right, you know, we, we really care about each other, we've fallen in love it's possible that we could think about marriage. Then's the time. And you'll both know when that is. Nobody's going to, you know, I think maybe one of the questions is how will I know? And it's like, it really is that thing of you will just know when somebody is right for you. You'll just know all all the pieces of the jigsaw will fit in. You know, there won't be red flags or there may have been some, but you'll have ironed them out. And you, you, you won't have to 
go, is he the one? You will you will know. Yeah, yeah. And then that's the point when you both have to say, okay, well, you know, if we're thinking about taking this to the next stage, you know, um, let's talk about the things we want from the f- from ourselves for the future. Let's talk about where we see ourselves mm. in five years' time. You know, how how are our lives if we're together? Are gonna uh, go f- go forward with with God at the at the head of it, you know, because He has to be Amen. at the head of uh, of it at all times if you're gonna if you're gonna work, you know. Amen. Um. So, no, that's 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 brilliant, and um, you know, I, I love how that um that stewardship and um uh, that element of things it does tie into vision and establishing those um. Yeah, those expectations for what your your idea or what you think marriage will, will look like. Um, and I think for me, when I talk about stewardship, it isn't necessarily like how many zeros in the bank account. It's like, is, is the guy um, proactive? Is he assertive? Is he willing to go before? Is he willing to, to put himself on the line? Is he willing to sacrifice? Uh-huh. So again, it comes into into character uh, and the characteristics as opposed to um, you know like the 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 physical elements of of what's in his bank account and where he lives and what he does that we know that's that's not important uh, in in the context Mm -hmm. of of what we're called to do Um, so yeah that's 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 beautiful Um, so (coughs) at the top of the show we said about Ollie's three (coughs) pillars and um, I've deliberately held back on the, uh, the the pillar about choosing a partner, whether they're uh, a believer or an unbeliever. Um, I held back on that particularly because on the previous uh, episode we spoke about submission. So uh, men are to submit to Christ, uh, women submit to their husbands, and the children submit to uh, the mother. Uh, that is the biblical scriptural framework for what marriage looks like. Uh, we can throw culture on it we can throw society at it and we'll get into all sorts of tropes but from a biblical perspective we know the framework um and so for me it's not only do we have a a a cultural context now but a time in in terms of history society where we are in 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 in, uh, in society today and how that impacts submission and what we uh think submission looks like and sounds like um so I, I wanted to to just open it up, and we'll just get into it with regards to submission, uh, how that can um, fluctuate and change within the context of who you are with, uh, whether it's a, a prospective partner, whether it's somebody who you're already with, and somebody either comes to the faith or somebody falls away, vice versa. There's so many tropes to this, but I just wanted to open it up to you, ladies, with regards to uh, how you feel about submission. Uh, what that looks like today, uh, what it doesn't look like, and um, also, uh, yeah, uh, how that how that can impact prospective partners uh, and things like that. Take it as you want. Go and 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 you can go on submission. You can go on about partners, wh- whatever you feel led to do. Yeah, I'll just start because I um haven't got much on it. Um, still working on that one myself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just I was doing a bit of research and um. The the best way to look at a word, because, you know, we, in our minds, we have a Western mindset of submission because we are completely, we've been told from the start and that's just how we've been educated. But um, the word of the Strongs is a G5293. And I was looking at, because when you put on the Blue Letter Bible, it comes up with all the verses that are in and there's so many and I was thinking, oh, what one will, will be a good way to, because it's even words like um, like under or, like 
it's just so many that you wouldn't have thought was the word submission. And it says, he has submitted all things under his feet, talking about Yeshua for the world. And like anything, um, we are always given a blueprint, aren't we, with the Messiah on how to do things. And yes, it's ultimately, Yeshua doesn't force us to do anything, does he? He gives us free will, like submission. We have free will to do it. We, you know, it's advised to do it. It's, 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 it's only going to bring a blessing and Yeshua never abuses his power and he also gives grace he gives mercy he gives room for improvement he gives room like it's not like if you're not being the perfect follower of Messiah today you are going to be condemned he you know he works slowly it's a work of sanctification and I think that's important to remember that um there's you know there's room for little errors as well it's like you don't need to get it right from the second that you're married you know it's it's something you strive to do and he commands us to do that because it's only going to bring blessing as well I think some people really fear submission they're like how am I going to do that you know it's a real big especially with single women um on this walk they've never had to do it before so like they look at a person in a relationship and they have a lot of fear and anxiety over submission that it's going to be a really hard thing to do and you know it's not hard because you love them you know like we do it for Yeshua because we love him we want to do Amen. what he does we want to because to, he we know that he has our best interest at heart and if you've passed all these stages what we've just said and you know you're right on the right page with someone it's nothing to be fearful of because they are going to know you better than you know yourself like Joe only has to look at me and he's like oh what have you done that for you know you should have done it this way and I'm like yeah, I know, I know. And then it's fine then. It's like, I know that he's only saying that because he loves me. And it's like, Yeshua, that's, he's given us advice because he loves us. Like, just do it my way and it will be a little bit better. And it's about that, you know, but God isn't going to let you get into relationship if you're praying and you're fasting with someone that isn't worthy to submit to. Wow. I think going back to, it's like, sub, the, sub, the word submission has become like, even like a dirty word yeah. in today's yeah. society. Mm-hmm. And um, when we when we don't understand it for women, it just puts our ackles up straight away. So first of all, it's establishing, as Rebecca said, what is submission. So it's um, a defined calling of a wife to honour and affirm her husband's leadership, helping to carry it through according to her gifts. And in Greek, it has a combination of two words, a position under, to arrange or put in place. But for me, what I really love about another definition of submission It's walking side by side, Mm -hmm. cooperating with each other. And we're told also, actually, submission is just not for women. And we're told that in Ephesians 5, 22, there is a balance and a mutual respect from both sides, man and woman, where it says, wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the saviour of the body. So... A wife has to submit and a husband has to submit. So it's a mutual balance and respect. But also, as I were looking into it, it's it's not something that we need to fear as women. Um, God has designed us both different male and female and he's designed us with different roles. Mm-hmm. So what, as, as a woman, when I, I used to kind of struggle with this word submissive, to be submissive, Actually, when God brought me to see actually what that word means, you know, for he made the woman as a helper. She's the armor bearer. She's mm. his warrior. She defends his heart. She's taken from, from his rib, from the side. 
not below him, not beneath, not above him, not beneath him, but by his side. So that, for me, the, the, the modern woman today talks about the word being empowered. I, that word, that empowers me. Mm-hmm. Amen. Actually, if I stay within the design and the role that God has created me for, there's nothing more powerful than that. Because I'm the armour bearer. I'm his defender. So that's, that's, no, that's no weak role to take on. But also, it's an active role that we choose to take on, to recognise, first and foremost, that the authority that God has set up. So when we see that actually it's God, it's something that God has put in place, it's powerful. makes me feel powerful. Amen. But equally, we're submit- submitting to each other, first to God, then to each other, and walking side by side and cooperating. So if people want to say... Take the word submissive as something not right or something that it's under somebody. For me, um, God has shown me, shown me, helped me to see it in such a different way, and I just think it's it's powerful. Yeah, um, obviously, of course, it is open to abuse. <laughs> yeah, you know, course, yeah. massively because um, you know, at the end of anything, um, a, a guy can turn around and go, "But you know, you have to submit to me." End of, you know. And I'm sorry, but that's not what God meant, you know. And um, Bev and I were talking about this today, and I said, you know, I've counselled women in the past, and I said, you know, being submissive doesn't mean that you can't disagree. You can't stand up and go, hang on, you know, I I don't know whether this is the right thing. It doesn't mean that you have to instantly go, right, okay, darling, you want to move to Hong Kong? Yeah, I'll just go and pack. You know, say, no, hang on, I don't don't agree with you, and, and let's go away and pray about it. Let's come back and bring bib- biblical, um, you know, scriptures to say in, to back up your arguments and to, to support your case. But I think, you know, if it goes on and on, then ultimately what God's saying is, it's, is that the man has the last say and it stops the argument. <laughs> it's a bit like, you know, honour your father and your mother because, you know, that's what God's saying, you know, ultimately they have the last say. You know, because if there's a, a disagreement where you can't find a solution, then I'm giving you one. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he's going to have it. But it, it is open to abuse. And I know I think people have asked questions about that as well. And how do you know? And, and things like that. And I think, again, it's like if you um, are in a marriage and your husband is insisting on something that that is not um, you don't feel is right. You tell him first and foremost, if he doesn't listen, then biblically you go to two or three more. And that's you do it the way that that God has shown us. Um, we've got protocols for everything in our book of life. You know, Amen. it's yeah. all there. Um, so th- don't worry because if you find yourself in that situation, there's things you can do to deal with it. People to help you. I agree. I've wrote down um, what submission looks like, which I just explained what it can look like, but also what it doesn't look like. So you know, I've got the same. What Angie agree? It doesn't mean we have to agree on everything and it doesn't mean that as a woman you can't have an opinion it doesn't equally mean living in fear um and it's not and i also believe submission is not putting the will of a husband before the will of god if the husband asks her to do something that's not biblical that's not lining up with the word um then she doesn't have to submit to that particular thing um, it also means to me that she doesn't get all her spiritual strength from her husband. So what I mean by that is, you know, she in her own right is a co-heir in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to God, she reads her own Bible, 
Um, so she doesn't just she doesn't get all her spiritual understanding from her husband. Mm. Um, but as we know in the Bible, the reason why wives go to husbands is because it was to avoid the pitfall of adultery. So when a wife goes to a husband to maybe answer a question and he doesn't know the answer, he then is supposed to go to the pastor, to the elder. If a wife bypasses her husband and goes to the elder, there was chances, if I'm getting this right, there was, God wanted to prevent um, the risk of adultery affairs when a wife's not actually, she's going to another man for uh, spiritual answers and things like that. Um, But I also... When Andrew said the husband gets the last word, um, I mean, at some point, the, we know that the, the husband is the spiritual head. We know that he is the, f- is the physical head as well. Physical and spiritual are two the same things. And, and, and somebody's got to make the final decision. Um, but like in work in management, a good leader is somebody that... Um, <laughs> He takes advice, he takes counsel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it says in scripture, a wise man takes counsel, only yeah. a fool refuses yes, it. But ultimately, somebody has got, there's got to be a decision made, there's got to be somebody making that final decision. And in, in biblical sense, it is the husband. But also, he then takes the accountability. So there yep. is a massive responsibility. It's not an easy thing. So for women, we can say, okay, you can make that decision, but the accountability sits on your shoulders. So a husband would be wise to take the counsel. (laughs) Please, please do. That's wisdom. Um, I I think two key words there is is accountability and responsibility. Um, So in essence, if you you both got the heart of servitude within the relationship, like you said, Yeshua came to serve us, so we serve those around us. So if if servitude is at the heart of um, that template, um, submission isn't necessarily like a facet that you you you're just serving. You just I, I'm doing everything I can for my wife. She does everything for me. We're a team. We're a partnership, mm-hmm. uh, and everything we do is geared towards um, uh, conforming my spouse to the likeness uh, and image of Christ. Like that has to be that has to be the the, the goal. Um, what am I doing to facilitate her and his walk of, of sanctification and, and, and glow, uh, growing in in the likeness of, of Yeshua? Uh, and if if servitude is at the heart of that, then that will put you in good stead. Um, I think uh, one of the, the the difficulties that we face within society is the way it, 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 in that we're disingenuous towards gender roles. We're disingenuous towards the realities of what the roles are, strengths, weaknesses, and playing to those strengths and weaknesses. If we're if we're honest and we're we're we're, we're um, we're conforming to the to, to the grand design that God has given us in terms of what we're strong at, what we're weak at, and we're working together. Then that's where that's where the glory is. Mm-hmm. So so with that, it's um, I lost my train of thought. So it, basically, if if you're both serving each other, you're both uh, realistic in in what the roles are. Um, you'll you'll be uh, you'll be uh, in good stead. Um, yeah, so with with submission, um, that's it. Responsibility, that's mm-hmm. where it was, bingo. Mm-hmm. So responsibility is that all day long I want to be ta- taking counsel, wisdom, understanding, because I know that my wife is operating in the seven spirits, amen? Mm-hmm. She's operating in those spirits. I'm operating in, the, in those spirits. We're going to be using those together in order to make the best decisions for ourselves, for each other, for our children, for our fellowship, and everyone around us. 
So we need to make uh, we need to make like best use of that. But ultimately, whether it's in business, whether it's in life, there is normally a decision to be made, and accountability and a responsibility for that final decision. So, it, from a man's perspective, when you understand the weight of that responsibility, mm. it's heavy. Mm. It's heavy right. because you're accountable. Uh, not like we said, women should be having their own uh, relationship and their own accountability. But when it's you and you are, and you're responsible for these other things. That's 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 ridiculously weighty. So that's that's the not even the burden because it's a privilege to do that. That that, that God has allowed us the um, He's given us that stewardship to trust with 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 with, with these things. So if, if a man is really considering the weightiness of that responsibility, like that's, that's, he needs all the help he can get basically. Exactly, so, yeah. Um, yeah um. Well, it's a big, because it says in Ephesians 5, 22, it says the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. And then another verse, it says, you've got to love them that much. And it's like, wow, think of how much Christ loves you, you know, you've got to love your wife that much, you know, and you've got to, it's compared to the same. So, Yeshua can't go and abuse a church. Yeshua can't go and um, abuse his power and force people to do things, even though it's wrong. That's just not even in Yeshua's character. He, 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 that wouldn't even fit in line with who he is. He, he's the perfect, blameless, wants the best for his church, wants it, but he also can then teach them as well. He gives commandments to the church. He gives like a protocol and, and guidelines on how to love him. And that's what the husband should do. There should be ground rules in the home. You know, there should, there, there should be some zero tolerance things, you know, like there should be things that shouldn't be allowed in the home, especially boundaries with children. You know, there has to be boundaries and that isn't, you know, a bad thing. It's a good thing because you should, and I think just keep looking at Yeshua as that blueprint. How does he run the church? That is how a husband should run the home. Um, I just wanted to mention as well, I, I truly, how I envisage things, and again, I, I could be wrong because the, there are things like children and homes and life, but the word has to be central to that relationship. Like for me personally, I, what I aspire to and what I envisage is, is being in the word with my wife, whether it's, uh, you know, daily or weekly, that, that you're both in it together. So when it comes to uh, whether it's decision making, whether it's doctrine, mm -hmm. theology, you're walking through it together, you're understanding it together, you know, whether it's somebody comes to a different idea or a different understanding or an interpretation, how they see the scriptures, you're walking it through together, you're, you're, you're going through that protocol, as you say, if I don't know as a man, then I'm going to go to to the minister, to the pastor, to the teacher and say, look, I've got, I'm we're going through this together and, and, and the heart is getting to the truth of the word. I think that's, that's really important. So for me personally, is, is the word, like how central is the word to your relationship, yeah. you know? And you don't know it all, all the time. Like, that's one thing about men. Pride is very, very big in men. They think they know all things all the time. You know, not every man, obviously, but it's a very big thing. And they, you know, suicide is big in men because men don't talk. Men are very they find it difficult to go and to tell their brothers or their pastors like what they're struggling with and Yeshua even in the garden of Gethsemane he was humble he said if this please let this cup pass from me you know he didn't he was struggling and when he was struggling he told people he went off to pray you know he he came and has this blueprint and he was so humble as we are to be as well and tell people if you're struggling tell the Lord if you're struggling and 
you know, it's a big responsibility. You don't want to make a wrong decision for you and your family. You know, fast on it, pray on it, ask for counsel because if you're making a, a, a mistake, it has effects that are going to affect generations. You know, Adam's sin is still affecting us now, you know, when, fair enough, we didn't exactly have any counsel around to go to, but, you know, he had the Lord there walking with him and it's like, do it his way and it will bring blessing. If not, you know, God's told you that it is going to bring consequences. So, yeah. I think it goes back to the design and the role. Do men know the design of the, the wife? Do they, do they understand what her role is? Do they understand what their role is? Because the woman, woman is the defender of the husband, the, the armor, bell, armor bearer, the helper. If he, if he sees and recognises what her role is, he would be a fool not to go to the one who's going to completely defend him. Mm. And take and not take her counsel, so I think it's establishing. Does the woman for a woman to be in a submissive, um, to be submissive? First of all, she has to understand what that means. She has to understand the role that God has given her. The man equally has to understand the role that God has given him. Understand his design. So when both parties are staying within their design and their role then it should be nearly the <laughs> most perfect match and it should work together with God in the God in the middle between them. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So with regards to submission, we're saying that we, we look into definition to clarify, uh, clarify what our understanding of that is, uh, what the biblical framework for, for um, submission is, um, what the characteristics of a relationship that d- that's displaying a, a fluid submission uh, um, and what it means to be submissive both ways. Uh, we touched on uh, safeguarding what submission isn't. So if you're within a, a fellowship, a group, um, you're having clear communication, you're not cutting people off in terms of when you uh, engage into that relationship, that any uh, red flags, anything that contradicts a, a biblical form of submission, a misuse of that um, should be accountable and um, that person should be able to reach out and um, seek counsel and, and support if that is if that is the case. He's ne- God has never liked adding to his word, has he? He's never yeah. liked taking away from his word. His word is perfect. Amen. And even when it's eaten into our pride, you know, it still stands. You know, we still, we don't have the, the last say on God's word he's passionate about what he said so we have to get what the what the word means otherwise there's just so much room for adding and taking away and that's never got us anywhere has it look at the state we're in now with religion and false doctrine it's never got us anywhere so we have to stick to the word and we've got resources there like the Hebrew of how we are to use it and you know we can never go wrong if we actually know what God means yeah um also, I just wanted to to um, just go into a little bit um, with regards to this. I don't know this confusion about submissiveness, particularly in women, being um, linked to things like uh, whether it's like meekness. I know we're to, we're, we're to be meek, but you know that kind of timidity and, and 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 not saying what you think, or you know that that, that classic like um, just a quiet. It's it's not it, submissiveness. Isn't those normal characteristics yeah um for for me like uh what i would find attractive in a woman is somebody who's on fire for the lord she knows her word she's zealous she's fasting she's praying um those things that make me um 
stay on top of my game as well, as it were. So, and that's that's not being weak or timid, you know. But submissiveness is 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 within that. So I I just think it's important if you are, yeah, uh, being submissive doesn't mean you're quiet and and don't don't say what no. you think basically. Well, you look at some women in the Bible, you've got Deborah, she was far from quiet, you know. <laughs> I know some of these might not have been married, but, you know, there is um, examples where women have spoke out. You've had women judges, you've had people that have um, been crying out for children from God. You know, we have a voice and we are going to be heard by God, but it's just about doing it the way he says. We have room to express how we feel and we have room to... Um, have our voice be heard in the right way you know like anything you can abuse anything we've got to just stick to the narrow path it's called the narrow path for a reason and if, if you're ever trailing off it then that's how you know you you're going a bit wrong okay so with that being said um we t we spoke about uh, red flags in terms of the abuse of or the misuse of uh submissiveness um now how how this is then intertwined with prospective partners um, when choosing a partner? So it's very well and good saying right, okay. So if we if we don't have um, we don't have the same vision, you know, biblically, it's like if I if I how can I explain this? If if I'm with a, a an unbeliever, uh, she doesn't understand the faith, she doesn't um, uh, get the vision, she doesn't know the foundation of which uh, everything falls upon. Um, it's it's hard it's hard just in that respect, but when it comes to submiss submission, and that person isn't um, isn't a believer either way, would it be fair to say that um, when it contradicts Torah, when it contradicts Scripture, is that one of the the measurements that we can say look, I, I, I can't submit to that work. essentially. Um, yeah, I think you know if you if some if a believer is. Well, if you if you're going to pursue a relationship with a non-believer, then submission is going to be the least of your worries. I think you're going right, to come okay. up against a load more things before you even get to that point. Okay. Um, you know, and I think uh, again, you know, with our faith, it's it's not just it's a way of life. You know, it's every you know it's every it's day. Everything. It's every it's every waking breath. It's not just this is what we do. It's our way of life. So, it's how would you pursue that with a non-believer? Is that what God wants for you? If you've come this far in your walk, that you've gone back to basics and and you've 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 left so much behind to pursue this narrow path, does God then want you to be with somebody who's not on that walk with you? It, the Bible says, "Do not be unevenly yoked," because it just causes heartache and upset. And you know, I think the other thing is that it's something that the enemy uses. They'll send somebody. You think, "Oh, this." This girl's amazing. She's, I mean, and she's not on the walk yet, but I know she's going to definitely be on the walk. You know, we've all been there. Everybody's got, yeah, you know, I know it's got, I'm praying, I'm praying, I know it's going to happen. And um, and then we've got, you know, people who are, are, are married to unbelievers have come to the faith after they've got married. And um, we've got, you know, we know people who are, um, you know, on the Torah walk and, and, and the other person is, is on a, a Christian walk. And again, the, the conflict there, and I, I think that 
in those circumstances you know the torah person's praying for the for the christian person to come that they're going to come across to me and the christian person's praying for the torah they're going to come across and they're not folk nobody it's just like a stuck record nobody's going anywhere Mm -hmm. because they're just focused on the other person and they're not fulfilling what they're supposed to be doing before god and um you know so it's just caution be cautious because yeah there's people out there who've met someone and they've they've turned around and come to god but you know it's not the norm it's like you know god has a plan for us all and he's not gonna let us do something that's gonna cause us pain he's not a god of confusion you know so if somebody's saying yeah but you know i just don't know and they could and they could it's like well that's not what god says i am i'm not a god of confusion you know Yeah, I think there's two aspects to being unevenly yoked. So you've got, obviously, just someone that doesn't know Christ and, you know, is just off there. Like, you're submissive to something. If you're not submissive to Christ, you're submissive to the government and or some form of leadership. And, you know, this person who's in the world, where do their morals lie? You know, they could be great for now, but, like, legally they could identify as a crayon in five years do you know what i mean the way this government is going they could just turn out to be and you would have no ground because of the whole way society is going it's like well you just the government will be like well they can do what they want and then you're like wow but then you got on the other side um somebody that is um following the sunday the sunday doctrine and then it's like well but we think christmas and easter is okay and I don't want the children to miss out on that or, you know, well, we can't let them not go to football on a Saturday. And whether you're the mum or the dad doing Torah and the, the, your spouse isn't, it's like you, your children are, are going to choose what's more fun. You know, there's going to be no united front in the house. Children are going to gonna go where is more entertaining because that's just what children do. And then they're going to end up resenting you because you're telling them that they can't and God doesn't, so you're the bad person. And... I just think it's like it's a dangerous it's 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 going to bring confusion into the home and you know it's just uh, yeah I just think that is part of being only evenly yoked as well parenting is about having a united front in the home and having peace in the home and if you are divided on that there's going to be a lot of areas where you're going to be divided well um for uh, I'll let you go Bev um I, I, you said right at the start and Joe said the same thing it's you know godly offspring um you know the temptation or, or the default setting is to see how choosing that partner who's an unbeliever or vice versa is impacting you and your relationship but again if you're actually looking at it with uh, with a vision for for the kingdom it's like the, the children and the children's children like what's it what's it what's the impact going to be on them um and so i, I just think that's a really uh, that's a really important facet to 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 consider when you're when you're um in these in these realms so yeah, I think there's two parts. Um, there's the first part when, peop- when people are contemplating um, marrying an unbeliever, where God says, do not be unequally yoked. It's actually, for me, going back to how God sees it at all times. Uh, we are called to live by a higher standard. There are things in the Bible that God says is acceptable and um, things that are not acceptable. God is holy, and he sees us as holy. And he talks about that we're not to mix holy with unholy. Um, and sometimes we bypass um, scripture when it says, do not be unequally yoked. We don't see that as a command. We don't see how God sees it. And God wants to spare us heartache. 
And there are people that go ahead and marry, as a believer, marry an unbeliever because they want to fit their desires. They want God to fit round their desires. So they want God's word. And as we've spoken, that God is not a God of confusion. Mm. Um, And he wants to spare us a lot of heartache. So there are a lot of challenges that somebody who's contemplating marrying an unbeliever and not aware of. And um, once again, it goes back to, to try and speak to somebody who's actually in that situation um but really it's it's about seeing how god sees us as holy you know there's a big theme about not mixing oil and water don't mix oil sits on the top it never blends in so when you are choosing to um, go down the path of, of wanting to marry an unbeliever for me it's like saying you're choosing them over what god's word says right. for what he wants for your life And our marriage is supposed to reflect um, Yeshua and his bride. So it's not going to reflect that because you're unequally yoked. Mm. But then there's the other side of people who are called into into the truth, into the church, where one's a believer and not not a believer. So what does that, what can that look like? I mean, I've got this, I'm in this situation and for a lot of years I used to mull over what God required of me because my husband is supposed to be my spiritual leader, but he's not my spiritual leader. I'm the spiritual leader in the family. I'm the one that is following God. So even down to my children, my sons, I'm the spiritual leader. So what does God require of me? So I used to mull this over for quite a long time. I've got to submit, but I'm, not, I'm submitting to a man that's not following God. But then God showed me a long time that I don't even get a get-free, get-out-of-jail card. <laughs> so... Um, I, God requires of me that he requires of Rebecca, who's in a Torah marriage. He requires me to do the same as her. Mm. But the challenges are different, and the more, the challenges are more, that's all I can say. Because you have to submit to a man that's not singing from the same song sheet. So what does that look like? It can be very difficult. I mean, as I joked with Aaron before, it can be the good, the bad, and sometimes the ugly. As a woman, so God doesn't want that for you. So, you know, he wants you to have a marriage that reflects everything that he wants to give you through the Bible. And so if, we are, if you are contemplating marrying an unbeliever, you've got to really ask, where do you stand with God in all of this? Who are you putting first? Yourself, your own desires. And the second thing to think about is... If you say you really love that man, do you really love that man? Because that man, once you are in that marriage, will realise all the things that he can't do with you. And the biggest thing is, we are to love God first and foremost. A husband's supposed to love God first, more than his wife. And a wife's supposed to love God more than a husband. For men, that's difficult, not knowing what that truly means. So to see, to know that his wife loves God more than him, it's difficult for an unbeliever. So he has that background conversation going on all the time. So he then becomes, can become resentful. So you're battling all these things that God says, I don't want you to battle these things. Mm. But equally, can can a marriage work? Um, So I want to give some hope to, to, to women or to husbands who come in and the wives are not a believer and wives... Uh, well, I can give it from a woman's point of view. Do we have to still submit to a man that's not a believer? Yes, because we're submitting to God, first and foremost. 
you know, God showed me many years ago that um, when I was struggling with this very issue, he said to me, you're not being rebellious to him, you're being rebellious to me. And that struck a chord in my heart. And that's what we have to do. We've got all of us, I've got to keep God in front of our face all the time and thinking, are we offending him? So unfortunately, I don't get a get out of free ca- get out of jail card free. Send it back to front. I have to do the same as Rebecca. I have to do the same as Angie. But the challenges are more for me. But it can it can work out. And there is scripture, as we know, in, in one Peter, where it says that we can win a husband over, even if he's not following the word. Oh, so no. what does this mean? Does it mean we win him over so then he comes into Torah? Not necessarily, because God does the calling. But we can win him over by our behaviour. Yeah. So that so that we can then live, we can walk in peace together. Shalom. And so it can, something that's not right can turn out to be something that can be good. But is the challenges? Yes. Is it hard work? Yes, it can be hard work. Um, but yeah. so God says, don't do it at the beginning. <laughs> Save yourself yeah. all this time. But it's not about, I saying going back, I know I keep going over it. It's about how we see God. What does God mean to us? Do we take his word seriously? Or is it something that, well, we'll, we'll just take this word and we'll just take that word, but then we'll apply our own desires to the word? Yeah. Like you said, you know, you still have to submit. You know, it's like you've made the choice and the God's rules apply regardless of the situation. And... Yeah, and it, it brings a lot more challenges. So you've you've just got to do it the way God says. Otherwise, you know, it's you're going around the long route, aren't you? Forty years in the wilderness when you could have <laughs> just went across across the desert. So I just yeah. want to add really importantly, in case there is people watching, you know, it's one thing to be in a good marriage where your husband is a good man and loves you, yeah. um, but there are believers out there who um, are, are in a marriage that's bad. And you don't have to put up with that. You don't have to stay. It, it, that, if that man is 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 not loving you as much as God loves the church, if you're in an abusive marriage, if there's things that you you know are wrong in your marriage, um, you don't. Uh, some women say, "Oh yeah, but you know, I can't get divorced. I'm a Christian." And it's like if you're in an abusive marriage and things are bad, then you know you 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 can you can leave. I agree. Um. It's probably not the best analogy to use because obviously it's, it's such a, uh, a, a heavy, serious topic. But I think like if you've got any experience about running or working within a business, you need a, all of those components to be working as, as they should do. So whether it's you know your staff being there, your stock being correct, uh, your equipment being uh, on point, running a business or being in a business doing a job is hard enough with everything being in place mm-hmm. there's going to be stresses there's going to be challenges you you're going to fail you're going to win there's going to be all of the tropes of, of life within that environment and that's if you have everything in place as it should be yes. so yeah. if you then like take one of those components and you you change it or you compromise on that um the uh, the process the end product everything about that uh, process is is going to be fraught and and far more far more difficult and as you said Bev you may still be able to to get to the end goal or end uh, profit or whatever it is that the the, the, the the focus is but the way you get there is so much harder and it is so much more difficult and 
you know, God doesn't want us, you know, he gives us tests and gives us trials and, and all of those things, but he doesn't want to deliberately cause us like heartache and, and pain and suffering. Um, and it's unfortunately, it's normally, um, normally our, ourselves uh, that, that do it to ourselves. So, um, yeah. Uh, just and I think you, you know, you've, you're right. You've got to put all the, all the things have got to fall into place. But you've got to have your foundations right, mm-hmm. most yeah. importantly. And who's our foundation stone? You know, sure. um, you know, we have to put God first. And once you do that, he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, once you put him first and you focus on him, then the other things will follow. Um, and something that we hadn't really said before, but is really important, is that if you don't love yourself, you can't really love anybody else. So you've got to really love yourself, like yourself, be confident and comfortable with yourself and your relationship with the Father. And then, you know, the things that you want, he will give you at the right, in his timing. Um, And, you know, it's hard to be patient when you just think, I just want to meet the right person. I just want to start a life with them. You know, but God isn't going to give you that until, you know, you and him are right, you know? Amen. I use the analogy like, when you're married, um, yeah, you can drive the car, you can have a say on where you want to go, but the husband is the one that, that has the keys. He says, no, we're going this way on that road of life. And if you aren't, haven't got the same journey, it's like if I say I want to go to Scotland, but Joe says he wants to go to Cornwall, it's like, well, well you're never going to get anywhere, are you? Like what you said, you're just stuck in the middle of the country going oh, what are we going to do? And, you know, you go in somewhere that isn't actually, might not be God's will because you're so distracted and it's going to get bumpy. It's going to get rough. And who's going to suffer for that? You know, it is going to be the children. And that may put them off God. It may just go, I don't want to know God. If this is what God brings and the division that God brings, then I don't want part of it. And, you know, you could ultimately say, well, why are we thinking we're better than anyone else but we're not we're just trying to do what God has said you know it's like we don't have this criteria like can't marry you can't marry you because it's us it's like no it's God and there is a criteria because it says in in um I think it's Deuteronomy it says do do not intermingle do not intermarry with the Canaanites the Midianites because they're gonna bring mixture into the camp and that's just not what God wanted for his people yeah he wants all people to cross over and he allows that he also uses the example of the widows after the war when all the husbands were killed it said yes you can marry them but for you to marry them they need to submit to the way you are they need to cross over as to a hebrew and it says you know like shave the heads and stuff i don't really know the ins and outs of it but for me that means it's like they crossed over they became an israelite you know you didn't compromise your faith because your spouse does something different it's like no there's god's protocol here your spouse either crosses over or you know i advise that you don't marry them you know yeah fair enough um again i I can i'll just speak from personal experience when it comes to um being unequally yoked as it were and um you know the compromise uh, jackie was was touching on it last week when you know, compromise has to be one of the um, yeah, red flags, for want of a better description, of uh, what the fruit of that relationship is. And, and I found that by being with somebody who was an unbeliever, and it's no uh, no slight on that person no, at all no. um, by any stretch, um, but I started to compromise, you know, and, and through that compromise, the fruit of that was, uh, wasn't was good. 
Um, so, <laughs> to, to yeah, to put it politely, it wasn't good. Um, so I, I, I would personally, um, I would personally uh, plea and, and encourage anybody, and this isn't an indictment on people who aren't on the way, who who aren't born again. It isn't about that because the the same um, transgressions, the same pitfalls can be applied to whether you're seeing a believer or an unbeliever. So whether it's yeah. no sex before marriage, all of these pitfalls can be applied. I believe um, either way. Um, maybe slightly more uh, likely if it's uh, if it's a, a certain setup, but um, yeah. My point being is 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 just have have God at your heart, have the Word at your heart, and 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 keep seeking the kingdom on all matters, and and, and have that as your as your goal, and uh, you should be in in good stead. But um, yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, it's it's more about it's not about how terrible people are and how they bring you down it's, it's not that at all but yeah. it's um it's unfair to that individual is unfair to yourself and most importantly it's, it's unfair to god and yeah. he wants he wants the the best for us doesn't he at yeah. the end of the day yeah. um i think it's remembering as well that um many years ago somebody said to me um oh what's it like for you and i used to say well i'm not going to talk about me i'm going to talk what it's like for him yeah mm. and what it uh, and, and what you put them through you know, um, as well at times, um, and so it, it's it's hard for them because they've got a marriage that um, they want to do things in UCAC. It's not just about Christmas and Easter; they're once a year things. You think when, once it's come and it's passed, you think, "Oh, that's that's okay. I've got another twelve months to go before we get that <laughs> conflict again." <laughs> but it's it's on Sabbaths. It's sh- it's not you, you're not you're not able to share the love of your life. Yeah. The love of your life is God. And you can't share that with your physical love of your life. Yeah. And it, it, but it's about thinking about them. So if we truly say we love that person, that's why I want to marry them. And I'm saying, please consider, because you're going to put them through things as well. And what I, I hope you, everybody understands what I'm trying to say in this. Mm. When he wants you to do something on, a, on the Sabbath and you can't do it, mm. he feels sad. He feels lonely. You yeah. feel lonely. He feels lonely. So these these are all added challenges and things that you you just don't want, and you don't want it for them. Because if we are to use agape love for our, you know, people out in the world, then we must first apply it to if we are contemplating marrying that man. Mm-hmm. Apply agape love to him, yeah. and step back. Wow, true, wow. amazing. And um, again, like you said, when you're in that. Um, like one of the biggest things that I love about being within the fellowship and the group is, is sharing in the faith, talking about Jesus, talking about God, talking about his ways, walking out the commandments, doing, doing all these things together is such a blessing. And that's where I feel most at peace is when I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Yeshua to not be able to do that with a, with my spouse would just, and I, I have experienced a degree of that. It's you're justifying, you're explaining, you're doing everything about Jesus apart from sharing, and that's is is such a is such a hard obstacle to overcome. Because at the end of the day, like that's that's all I want to talk about. To be perfectly honest, I've got interests, I've got hobbies, but really, I want I want to talk about that and share about um, uh, the the center of, of everything. So um, yeah, uh, I, and I think it's really interesting how you bring that in terms of what we inflict on the other person. Uh, potentially and children as well um when we're 
could, could we say that it's being selfish? That we're, 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 we're doing what we want to do and following our flesh and our desires and uh, as opposed to what, what, what Yah God has wants. for us. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, okay. Um, we touched on it uh, very briefly, well, not briefly, but ketubah, um, in terms of um, what the ketubah looks like, uh, what your expectations are and how you go through the, 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 yeah, the obligations and the duties, as it were. Um, how important is the ketubah, do you, do you think, within the process? Don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, it's very important because it's like, as humans, we can sometimes want to have a little easy ride, a cop out, and it's like, if Joe's in bed with a cold and he's like asking me to run around after him, I'm like, oh, I do not need this. But then I'm like, sickness and health. <laughs> you just got to do it. You got to do it. And, you know, and, and it's in the hard times as well and the good times. And, but the beautiful thing um, in this faith as well, we you can write your own vows. We, Me and Joe wrote our own vows. And it's about um, you asking that person, can you do this for me? And when they say that they can do that, it's like you're saying it before God. So it's accountability, isn't it? It's like about saying, I'm accountable before God. I've made a vow that I'm going to do this, so I have to stick to it. And it is beautiful. Yeah. It's hard, but... Brilliant. Well, I think you... you um I didn't do that, obviously, when I got married. But I think it's absolutely a beautiful thing. But I think it's actually something that you do in your marriage anyway. As you're going on year after year, you kind of, you don't say, let's do a, what is it, a ketubah. Yeah. But you you establish things that he does, he likes to do in the home. You establish what he does and you fulfil that part in the role. Your husband might be... Um, he might like to do just the car. I'm not, not trying to be sexist here, but he'll take care of the car. No, be it. sexist is fine. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll cut the lawn, and and so it's a, you have you have a little bit of that going on. You establish roles and and jobs within the within the house, and um and so even though I I didn't do that at the beginning, apart from the normal um, worldly wedding vows that you do, which is like a ketuba, but we didn't write it specially for each other. Um, we do. Sorry, I think Joe's forgotten it <laughs> anyway. So I think you do in a marriage. You do. You do discuss. You communicate. Obviously, communication is a big thing, and um, it, you communicate with each other. I'd like you to think about this, and I'd like you to be able to do this. I'd like you to do that, and so I think it's something that you you would try to find the words. It would it would keep evolving, adapt, yeah, yeah. evolving adapt. as the marriage goes on all the time. Yeah, and as you go through different seasons in your life, they'll become new things that you have to cater for that person, and that's what it is. It's about like not just getting off when the times get tough. You know, it's about going. I made this vow to this person. I have to serve them until the end, really. And it's a big, big statement, but yeah. it's um, it, it's great. I love that. So um, basically, make sure you divide household duties and specify <laughs> who's cutting the grass, who's doing the washing. Oh, yeah. I like that. Um, brilliant. Okay. Um, one thing I wanted to uh, bring up was uh, the notion of uh, forgiveness and, and sacrifice. Uh, we touched on it earlier on with regards to the sacrifice being the essence of, of what we're doing within the relationship. Um, obviously, we've got the picture of the ultimate sacrifice of, of Yeshua. Um, that is the template. 
um, and how we're to lay ourselves down, uh, lay our lives down for, for each other, uh, to die to self, essentially. Um, how crucial is forgiveness and sacrifice within, um, within marriage um, yes. relationships? It is really important. I spoke about it on the last podcast because if you don't forgive, that's when resentment creeps in and resentment if you're like a psychologist like if you look up like where resentment comes from it is like completely toxic to you your soul is for that person they're never going to do anything right and you're going to keep reliving things that they've done in the past so you have to forgive I mean Yeshua forgives us every single day it says don't let the sun go down on the anger on your anger you have grace every single day as that sun rises it's a new day to start again and we have to apply that to our spouse and it's about remembering the bride we are symbolic of the bride and Yeshua his vows or his or his mitzvot his instructions and it's like we have them for our husband and we have them for God and it's the most important thing that you've got to do and if any resentment builds up and it stops you from fulfilling your vows then that's when you've just got to learn to forgive and move on but it's not just um in marriage is it it's in um well it's in every relationship you know we have to forgive and you know that's the mass a massive part of of our faith and you know the bible says that if we um when we take our gifts to god which is our prayers and our requests and mm -hmm. you know our sacrifices if we um you know have something in our heart that we have a disagreement with our brother or our sister then don't bring your gift go and sort it out with them before you come before me um and you know, if you think about that in all circumstances, because how Big. many times in a day do you, you know, get a bit miffed with someone and then, you know, you're doing your prayers in the afternoon and you're going, oh, thank you, Father, for this and that. But, you know, you still like waiting, making up what I'm going to say when I see them again because they've really done me head in this morning. So, you know, it is, it's, it's not just when you get married. It's something you have to practice when you, friendships, courting, all before your marriage. Um, and it's ho it's hard it's hard to do that to try and let things go and and to forgive and to move on you know and if anything that's amplified more in marriage you're living with the person they're going to annoy you more because you're spending more time with them so there's going to be a lot more instances where you do have to forgive and it will get harder like the longer you leave it the harder it'll get so it's just about like doing it the day of or you know just just getting it done <laughs> Well, I think we're going back to children. When there's children in the marriage, children are observing mm. us and they're, they're learning about God through our examples. So when we equally can say sorry to our children because, you know, we've lost our temper or we've just been a bit short in that day and we say, I'm really sorry to our child, we're teaching them how to say sorry. We're teaching them how to forgive. Um, and we are supposed to strive to be peacemakers. So in my own personal experience, <laughs> um, you know, when I go to my husband and ask his forgiveness, it brings peace immediately in mm -hmm. back into the relationship. And um, it just it just settles everything. You know, please forgive me, I, I was wrong. And at times it seems hard because we have to swallow that um, friend of ours called pride. Um, <laughs> but um, it does bring instant peace back into... It brings oneness back in. You become one flesh again. But as Angie says, it, it, we have to extend this to everybody. Mm. We have to be approachable people. We have to see where we've gone wrong. We have to go up and say, I was wrong. Um, where God said a soft answer turns away anger. It really does. If we mm. apply this to all our, all our relationships, 
Um, we've all can have experiences where it truly does work. But the biggest thing is children are watching us. Mm. And they do learn how to say sorry when you can say sorry to them. And sometimes, you know, even if you you feel that, like, I, I haven't really done anything wrong here, yeah. but, but just going and saying you're sorry to that person, as, as Bev says, it does give you that it's gone. It's like, you know, because, again, the Bible says it's like, you know, um, don't hold... Bless, hold blessed are the peacemakers. Yeah. 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 And you've got, to, you've got to push through. You've got to push through. Cause Your many flesh th- won't want to do it. No, there's plenty <laughs> of times when you, 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 you're not in the wrong. But we're all called to be peacemakers, so you have to push through and say, Let, "Let's make let's make this right." Yeah. And um, often, as a woman, <laughs> no comment. No, 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 no. That is the peacemaker. Yeah. To clarify, yeah. but um, you know, love holds no account of wrongs, does it? So yeah. <laughs> Because most, most that can them, cause yeah. a whole yeah. Well, that's linked to forgiveness. If yeah, yeah, if you don't forgive and you've still yeah. got something yeah. ticking over in your brain, then you know it's going to lead to a whole load of other stuff, and yeah, and yeah, the enemy yeah. will get in and start going. Oh, don't remember, don't forget about that, and what about this? And it's before it's you spiritual know, spiritual cleansing. Yeah. It really is a spiritual cleansing of your heart. It's like even you just saying the prayer and like there's testimonies that people have forgive people that's like murdered their family. And it's because they're going to be in turmoil and they're going, they need peace and we need peace and we need that shalom to forgive of us. God's not going to hear our prayers if we don't forgive. It says, forgive so you shall be forgiven. Yeah. And we're never going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. So we just have to keep forgiving. And even if you like, you don't want to do it, you're just like, please just take this away. I forgive them. I love them. They're not perfect. Before you know it, it's like you can't even remember the bad things he Come did. On. Yeah, yep. that's it. Amazing. Um, uh, it, it just popped into my head then. Like, I've just, all I'm hearing is the fruits of the spirit, like the whole way through patience, joy, peace, uh, in order long to have suffering. peace. Long suffering. Long <laughs> suffering. Uh, it's all there, which is, which is awesome. Um, when, we, uh, when we speak on um, setting an example and, and being aware to, to children or, or to, to anybody else for that matter, um, I think it was, it was raised in the last show about. Um, when it comes to like protocol with um, courtship and intimacy um, and, and safeguarding, um, it, not only are you safeguarding yourself, but you, you'd be potentially safeguarding people who are seeing your example of, of what you're doing uh, throughout the courtship process. Um, with that being said, I just wanted to put to you if you had any other more insight with regard to what, what women can do with regards to safeguarding courtship whether it's, um, uh, I don't know, modesty, uh, physical proximity. We spoke, we touched on it about like, oh, you know, you need time alone, et cetera. But we, we got it from the gents, but how, how do you see that that um, that initial, t- well, not initial, up until marriage, basically? How do you see the safeguarding from a female perspective, do you think? Probably accountability. Yeah. Accountability, keeping people in the loop and taking their advice. You know, we always say, if you're going to ask our advice, you know, are you going to use it? You know, yeah, and yeah. it's a hard thing to do. It is humbling yeah. to actually use someone's advice when they've been through the situation. And people will then be like, well, do you not trust me? And then I'll be like, well, I wouldn't trust myself in that situation. If I was mm. unmarried now, I actually wouldn't trust myself because I didn't come into this marriage. I didn't do it the way God wanted. So I'm not sitting here as this perfect example in a Torah marriage. Like me and Joe didn't do it right. Yeah. So I'm telling you from my own mistakes, yeah. just just 
listen here because I didn't trust myself. I did it wrong and I don't want you to make the same mistake. I, I know the blessings that I've seen the blessings when people do stick to it the right way. So just just do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think Becca's right. Accountability and um, you, you mentioned modesty, which, you know, people can, can sneer at and especially in this day and age. But I think we've all found that when you um, come on this walk, it just sort of happens. You feel, yeah. you know, what's right and what's not. Mm. And, um, you know, you... But, but for some of the younger um, members of the fellowship um, may have asked me and said, you know, is this appropriate? What is appropriate in this situation? And um, and I think that's it. You just, yeah, you, 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 you give advice and say, yeah, that's okay, but I wouldn't really you know, were that or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, we ha we have had occasions where, you know, um, we've spoken to others and said, oh, you know, you don't you don't need to do that anymore, <laughs> you know. It, we, we love you for who you are and stuff. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I think within the, the first stages of, of court, courtship or even friendships, um, then you just, if you're not sure about something, just ask, you know. And I think we are in a position where, you know, um, we can approach each other in love and say, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that's probably what you should be doing, or if that's right. And people will ask advice, like Becca said, sometimes, and they don't want to really take that. But you know, I, I just think w w it's all with love. It's like, um, it's advice. It's, it's what the Bible says. It's not what I think. Um, it's really what you should be doing biblically. But um, you know, it's up to you at the end of the day. Yeah, if we have that's free will. Yeah, yeah. So um, one thing that I love from uh, the last conversation is, is Jackie, uh, he said that the, the heart of it was about getting people excited, hopeful, you know, to be, to be um, as we said at the top of this show, what is our spiritual perspective uh, in terms of how we're seeing all of the things that we discussed? Like, we should be excited about the prospect of, of, of courtship and engaging in this uh, in this arena and not, not fearful. He doesn't give us a spirit of fear um, that we can be excited for um, uh, for the things ahead. So what encouragement or advice would you have for anybody seeking a partner or seeking marriage? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. What, what encouragement do you, would you have? Well, I just think that, you know, it's a different world now. Um, you know, when I was a girl, <laughs> if you didn't meet someone at the disco on Friday night, like that was it, you know. But today, you know, there's the internet. We've got there's there's tour of groups on the internet, dating sites that you know people. Uh, there's, there's so many ways to make connections and start to get to know somebody. So you know, yeah, be hopeful and and get out there, but be reassured that you know God's got you back and and he, he knows what you want and it's out there for you. And just because it isn't happening when you want it, then you know it doesn't mean it's never going to happen. And I think sometimes you know people get to like 22 and they're like but I'm really you know I'm getting old and it's like oh, you know you can find love and the right person at any age and there's no rush because it's just just enjoy being on your own enjoy the time that you have when you're getting to you, know God yeah you know spending time with the father and and doing you know your own thing and getting getting to know yourself and love yourself and care for yourself and um you know but yeah it is it's um there's, there's lots of lots of ways to to make connections without actually you know, having to think, well, you know, I've, I've got to be I've married by twenty-two, yeah, and I've got to pick somebody who, yeah. who, who comes comes to my own fellowship. There's there's lots of uh, yeah. other Torah fellowships out there too. My yeah. only 
is thing is that it's never boring you know there's always something to entertain you there's always something new and it's about doing life together you know we constantly say in fellowship like we want to do life together and that's what you do you you genuinely do the good and the bad and and the ugly as Bev (laughs) says but the sense of achievement when you get through the hard times and your love just grows because you respect that person because you see because when you're on the walk you see them going through trials and you see yourself going through trials and you see the way that you can support each other and you see them growing the Lord and you see them getting more responsibilities and like if someone said to me that um Joe was going to be in the role that he was when I first met him it's like no I wouldn't mm. have believed you wouldn't it. have got on that Isle of Man boat back literally <laughs> I, I, w- I, I don't even know I just wouldn't you know so it's watching that person grow is exciting and then obviously when you have children and you're in the truth watching the children thrive and watching your creation with God it's like it's it's a really good feeling and it's what's how God destined it to be you know amen well, I think when you see a, a couple that's starting the courting uh, relationship in the church, I think it, everybody gets excited because everybody's FM. involved um, to watch a couple, no matter how old they are, what age, to start that journey. And the and the and I think all the fellowship. So if, uh, if the fellowship is involved, the fellowship gets excited. The fellowship prays for you. So there's nothing nicer and exciting because everybody thinks and then then there may be children and and so it's just it's just a wonderful wonderful thing to see when a couple embarks on that courtship within as both believers um something that we all can be involved in which is what usually happens you get then involved in the wedding and planning and um and i think it's just wonderful to see when a couple does it right (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's life Uh, that's literally life um you know, for the interest of transparency, it's, it's Shabbat. Um, I'm tired. It's been a it's been a long week. I've probably missed all sorts of stuff. Um, any final thoughts? Any um, anything that we may have missed? Anything that you had on your heart to share? Um, bef- before I was thinking yeah. before, if anybody has still got a question about marriage, then I don't know what to say anymore. You know, <laughs> we've covered a lot of stuff, yeah. and I think good way to end it is like no one's ever going to be perfect you can't have everything as well guys like yeah we've said what the standard is and it is a high standard you know don't compromise and don't compensate but at the same time you can't have it all you can't go and work 12 hours a day and then have a good bond with your child you know you something is always going to have to sacrifice so it's like you are you have to work out what is worth the sacrifice you know it's you're going to have to sacrifice in some areas your husband or your wife is never going to be perfect you just always have to just constantly seek the lord see where he wants you and just yeah be humble amazing um, yeah i just um i want to sort of finish on you know corinthians 13 and what love is you know all those things i'm not going to read them off but you know um it, it's true all those things that that is that is what love is it's not you know this this magical feeling um you know it's 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 actually an act of your will it's like it's really it's really hard to love somebody so you know it's great and it's great to feel all that that romance but you know there's um there's so much more depth behind it as well Amazing. um well i once heard this um 
about marriage saying there's three C's to a marriage, commitment, communication and compromise. But I think because we're on the Torah walk, I would now change it to Torah, commitment and godly love, which is agape love. That's wow. how I'd sum up a marriage. Amazing. Um, it's been it's been a it's been a journey again. Uh, you've all been amazing. Thank you so much. Um, again, like so much wisdom, uh, so much to chew on. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming in, um, guys. Uh, anybody who, who's watching this, uh, please, if you've got any questions, if there's anything you agree with, anything you disagree with. Feel free to get in touch uh, as ever. Like, subscribe, do all the stuff. But uh, again, the heart of the conversation is is that we can reach you in, in, in where you're at. Uh, if this is a subject that's close to your heart, um, we, we hope it blesses you uh, as ever. Um, but uh, again, yeah, uh, from, from our house to yours. Uh, Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. And uh, if anyone's uh, led to close in prayer, that would be uh, most welcome. Oh, you're looking at me. (laughs) Hallelujah, Lord. We just thank you, Father. Thank you for um, the unity that you bring when all people from different stretches of life can bring their their experience and their lessons learned to bless others, Lord. That is a form of service. It says for us to learn from people that are further on in their walk. And I do that every day. I have people that I go to, Father. So I pray that people online watching this have people that they go to that they genuinely trust and that want the best for them father because our hearts are so so deceitful above all things we've been we've been bred lies from the beginning father but we're just beginning to um, unpeel your truth so we thank you for that lord and we just just pray that people keep searching you why while you can be found father because you are there you're alive you're living you want to talk to us it's us who who turn our ear from you father so just pray for everybody that um they can find peace in their situation and know that your will will be established in your right timing hallelujah amen amen amen, amen.